This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. got some fat beats to play you through the eclipse of Palooza coming your way this afternoon. It's better and worse at the same time. Gareth Wheeler with you. What's up, Toronto? Just past 12 o'clock right here on TSN 1050. Coming up later this hour, WTF. All the stories that make you scratch your head, the inconceivable, the interesting... The intriguing. We'll get to that later on. Laura Armstrong covering Toronto FC. She's actually at training. They're getting training out of the way before the eclipse. She's going to join me and talk about the growing popularity of TFC. Sound Wars. That's coming up as well. And Josh Hosang will join me from the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp in just a few moments' time. Just some housekeeping from the last hour. I was talking about Pirate Radio. The name like, slipped my head. You always bought the CDs growing up. Chris Shepard. Remember Chris Shepard, Pirate Radio? Don't remember? Chris Shepard was huge. So shout out to Chris Shepard today. I screwed up the name of John Oliver's show last week tonight. That was a layup. I felt like George W. Bush there. Just butchering a common line. Uh, Continue to weigh in on our poll question at Wheeler TSN. Which Toronto team has the best away support? This is coming off... A fine performance by Blue Jays fans at Wrigley over the weekend. Fine performance by TFC fans at Toyota Park, also in Chicago. Uh, Current poll results right now. Maple Leafs, 38% thus far as the team with the best home support. Then the Blue Jays with 36. TFC with 21. And the Raptors with 5%. Let us know your thoughts at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Big week for BioSteel. Our friends with the 2017 BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp. Well, the camp is underway. Taking place the 21st to the 24th right here in Toronto. The BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp attracts some of the NHL's top stars and prospects. Providing... A high-performance environment with access to the country's best trainers and sports therapy specialists. The week-long session concludes with the annual BioSteel Cup, a highly competitive round-robin tournament played in front of special guests, Make-A-Wish kids and families. So it's a solid week all round. And whenever BioSteel, this camp, comes up, you know that the new hockey season is near. So that's the best news of all. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to the program Josh Hosang of the New York Islanders, who's taken part in the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp this week. What's going on, Josh? How's your summer, buddy? Not too much, man. Just hanging out. How about you? Yes, same thing. I'm coming back from a week off, and it's kind of an eye-opener when you get back to work, even when you have a week off, but you're now back on the ice after a summer off. How's, how does that play out with the, with the mind and the body? 
Yeah, no, it's good. I've had a I've had a fun summer. I've been uh, I've been around some great people uh, all summer, which is uh, which is always fun, and uh, just been just been working. And um, now uh, I'm gearing up for the season. It's no. only a couple weeks away. Nice man. Like last week, I spent on a houseboat for the first time. I've never done the houseboat <laughs> thing before. Have you done anything like noteworthy or worthwhile this summer? Noteworthy. I've uh, been to a couple of museums, uh, a couple of art galleries, a nice. couple of zoos. Uh, um, Is that your like thing? That. Is that your thing, Josh? Going to see art, going to museums? Yeah, I love art. Um, I paint a lot, um, especially during the season. Um, I'm actually looking forward to uh, hopefully this year uh, I'll be able to paint a couple pictures that uh, we'll be able to auction off and uh, and uh, sell for money uh, so uh, we can give it to charity during the season. That's something that that I wanted to do with the Islanders. Um, so very cool. Uh, have you I'm always excited. been? Have you always been into that, Josh? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I. Uh, for me, um, that that's always kind of what what I've enjoyed more more so outside of hockey. Uh, for me, I always knew I liked hockey, uh, art, and music. Those are kind of the sure. the big staples in my in my life. Uh, I like writing and reading now as I've gotten older. But uh, yeah, uh, art's a big thing for me. It's uh, it's very calming. Yeah, people say it's therapeutic. Like, I've been going through cancer treatment, and I bought a couple small canvases with paint, but I suck at it. Like, I have absolutely no skill at all. And I've tried it, and I just get more frustrated the more that I try. So so did what's you the say, trick? You you've been going through cancer treatment? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, oh. for a while now. So I'm sorry to hear that. That's uh, okay, Keep Pop. battling, though, dude. Thanks, buddy. Um, it, it's one of those things you try to find things to take your mind off the day-to-day grind and some of the things that you're facing. And I guess that that helps in the high-pressure world of hockey as well, Josh. Like, you, you can't be thinking hockey all the time. You need to yeah, be you, able to take your you, mind off it. you got to paint funny things. That's the key. I just paint the funniest pictures ever. Just little doodles. Put them in people's stalls. Or <laughs> <laughs> you give them, you give them their friends as like notes and stuff uh, all the time. You just start off doodling. Like, go. I I usually go. I'll, I can start on a page. Go like one small picture, and then it's like there's like a hundred characters on the page by the end of the day. So it's just like it's one of those things that's good to do. Like uh, when you want to get your thoughts out. Sometimes like what you think about painting is like how you feel too. It's a good way of like kind of putting your emotions on a page and, and right. seeing where your where your head's at and uh it, it's it's easy for me uh so it's always something that, that i've been i've been drawn to i uh i really enjoy uh really enjoy coloring it's, it's silly but uh I, I like it a lot no it's totally cool josh what you need to do when new teammates come to the team just gotta leave some weird random pictures in their stall and they'll be like who's leaving these for me and just gotta keep Seriously. it keep it on the down low yeah so uh it just depends on like how much time i have that that's usually uh how much uh, i'll paint uh it'll take painting can take a while it can take like a week to finish one so it's it's uh it's nice to have like something to come back to and like work to you know <laughs> like yeah. every day no kidding i look forward to josh hosang joining us here on toronto today i'm wheels uh you had your first taste of nhl action last year i believe you played what 21 games josh yeah there how did you know how did it go for you how do you feel building from those 21 and building towards a new season 
uh the it was great for me at the end of the year um it's always nice to fly and get free food, you know. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think there's much better than that. And I guess I played hockey once in a while too, but uh, no, that was, that was enjoyable uh, for me. Um, the summer's been summer's been good, and just excited for for next year. It's uh, it's coming fast, and uh, could still come quicker. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, more flights and more free food, right? Um, yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of yours from afar, watching your game. You just you're a lot of fun to watch. But I not all, that. not all hockey players paint. Not all hockey players have the sense of humor, speak their mind like you do. It's one of my favorite topics, quite frankly, on this program. Is sometimes you see a lack of personality across the NHL, but you you're more of you know you're you're more kind of free with your thoughts. Have people told you to scale it back, and and how do you deal with that if someone tries to tell you to be, to kind of be something that you're not? That's a tough question. Um, I think that uh, I think that there's certain areas that that you have to you have to tone back. I think that's about that's about growing up and recognizing um, when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate to be yourself because at the end of the day, like there's certain situations that require you to be somebody different and whether that's a business meeting, you know, you can't be as uh, jokey jokey or uh, whether it's on the ice where, you know, you need to be focused. You can't be thinking about a million other things. So I think it's just about uh, learning how to manage that. And a lot of guys may not necessarily know how to, so they just don't bother. Um, there's a lot of great personalities in hockey. I know that that's often a, a common thing that's that's said by by the media, and I think it's just because guys are relatively generic. They don't want to get in trouble. Words get twisted quite a bit. But I just think that uh, for me, I know how to talk to the media. That's why it's easy for me to like have fun with them and like make jokes all the time. Like, yes, that is my personality 100%, but I think it's funny that people take things so seriously. Right, but we see other sports where players are more liberal with their thoughts, right? Like the NBA, for example. They, they continue to make headlines. The guys are having fun. They're cool with a little bit, a little bit of rivalry, with a little bit of banter. And yeah. I, I think that that adds more flavor. It, like, it opens the door, the window for fans to understand the player a little bit more. If you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I don't know. I feel you for sure. I, I wish uh, I wish hockey was uh, a little bit more like that, and I'm sure it'll get there. Like, it's all progression with the times. I think that, I mean, it, it's all about who's running your team, like what your coach is okay with. Like, I think that, you know, it's, it's cool if, um, Sidney Crosby tweets at Austin Matthews, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna kill you guys tonight." Right. Um, but you know, like if Crosby goes and plays really bad, uh, his coach would probably get mad at him, right? Because <laughs> he, he thinks that that's why he played bad. But right? that's not the reason why. That's the whole thing. And, and Josh Hosang yeah. joins us, like at sixty six J Hosang on Twitter. It was a thing for a while, Josh, and I couldn't believe this that you chose to wear sixty six. It's like in the NBA, LeBron James wears number 23 last time I checked, and some guy named Michael Jordan wore 23. Like, yeah. how is that a big deal? Like, I, you're right. Sometimes it is absolutely the media making a, a mountain out of a molehill, and I don't get it. But I don't know if you feel like that you're more under the, the microscope than others, but sometimes it feels that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they just put the microscope wherever they want to. Um, uh, at the end of the day, 
I know who I am. So that stuff doesn't really really bug me that much. Uh, I think in terms of my number, I just think that there's there's a lot more going on in the world. <laughs> yes. You know, there's there's stuff going on in third world countries. There's stuff going on in our own country that's much bigger than my number. I could give you sixty six things that are more important than my number. And maybe we can paint a picture of 66 things that are more important than your number. Uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you had your first taste of the NHL last year. What are you working on? What are you focusing on, whether it be at BioSteel or the course of this offseason, to kind of take your game to the next level? Uh, just being faster than everyone else and winning all the time. <laughs> you, you, you say being faster. Like, the game is so fast today as is and sometimes it almost seems like it's too fast where you're just reacting to something rather quickly rather than being able to like kind of you know put up the stop sign think then react do, do you believe the game is too fast at sometimes even for the players on the ice who do you think the best player in the nhl is right now well after this last year well i, I thought Connor mcdavid was incredible and what he can do at that speed just yeah, blows my mind but not everyone's Connor yeah. mcdavid right yeah, I, I know, but everyone should be want to be. He took home three trophies. He brought his team to the playoffs, and they hadn't been in the playoffs in many a year. He put up 100 points, and he did it with conviction. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that I think that a big thing, uh, a big amount of that is attributed to his speed. I mean, his hockey sense is obviously off the charts too. There's a lot more that goes into that, but I think that uh, you won't be able to do half that stuff if you're not that fast. So is he the model for you and other players? Like I think he should be the model for everyone. He's the best player in the league last year. Right. I think you should always I think you should always chase uh chase guys like that. I mean I think Sidney Crosby is the best goal scorer last year in the NHL. But I think that in a whole in terms of uh Connor being on the ice, I mean like when he's on the ice, the the ice has shifted. And you you recognize that and those are those are the players that you want to emulate in, in your game regularly. So, so you're 21. Where do you think the ceiling is for you? Um, I don't think I don't think I have one. I just think it's a matter of work. You know, I just, I think you can always get better. Anyone who tells you they can't get better is an idiot. Right. Right. And and you have the God-given skill set. I mean, you've worked hard for it as well. But there's a lot of players that wish that they could do the things that you can do on the ice, Josh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, for me, uh, it's just, you know, it's just hard work. But that's all hard work focus. And, yes, I've been blessed multiple times. <laughs> Let, let's discuss Brooklyn as we wrap up here. For me, when the team moved to Brooklyn, I'm like, man, for young players, that's the epicenter. That's where you want to be. <laughs> it's like one of the coolest spots in North America. What's it like for you over the last part of the year playing, living in the Brooklyn area? Yeah, it was, it was sick. Uh, I felt like Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, it was cool. I honestly didn't get to see it that much. Uh, I was just kind of starstruck traveling, flying, uh, flying a lot um, when I was up there. But uh, hopefully I get the opportunity to see what it's like this year. Because there, there's a lot of talk about, well, the arena situation not being ideal, where your practice is out of the way. Is that stuff all like kind of white noise? Is, it, is, it, is too much made of that? I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. Um, 
Yes and no. I mean, like, I do think it's a little prima donna-ish. Like, we do get paid a lot of money to, to move um, and, and kind of do what they say. Uh, obviously, it's more convenient if the rink is uh, at the same place, but sometimes it's not about convenience. I, I'm just happy that New York lets me play. <laughs> right, right. I guess that's a good first step. Uh, and playing with yeah. Tavares has got to be pretty fun, too. Yeah, lots of fun. Uh when I, when I get the opportunity, it's uh, it's always great. Um, but I got a, I got a chance to play with a lot of guys last year, and uh, you know everyone in New York is is exceptional in their own right. Tavares, you know the buzz is because he's a local guy. You're a local guy. You know, is that the dream of every young player growing up in this area to play for the Maple Leafs? Uh, <laughs> I think that that's a tough question. I want to beat the Leafs. I don't know if I want to play with the Leafs. <laughs> That'd be more fun just because, like, I know what it's like here when the Leafs lose. It's the best. It's, it's so funny. So many hearts broken. <laughs> right. My my dad's included. It's awesome. You want to break your I, own dad's heart, Josh? Come on. I think I think that would be the funniest thing in the world <laughs> for the Leafs to for the Leafs to be in the playoffs and be be on the other side and knock them out. Oh my God! I'd make fun of my dad for the whole summer. That's the thing. It might be funny for you, but the team's no joke now. Now they're legit. Oh, now, no, now they're no, now no. they're very good. The Leafs are unreal. On top of that, yeah. On top of that, now they're good. So if you beat them, I mean, you, you really you beat a team. Uh, but I think everyone wants to beat the Leafs. Like I don't think it's just me. It's it's honestly it's funny beating the Leafs because like you know how much everyone here cares. And so like you grew up in you grew up a Leaf fan being bombed every time the Leafs lost. It's like now you get to control that. I think that's music. Awesome. I, I love this conversation, Josh. Really appreciate you taking some time. At 66JHosang on Twitter. Do you want to promote anything else? Anything else going on? Um, BioSteel Camp this week's going on. Uh, Dafina's making our schedules. That's about it. Good stuff, buddy. Uh, you continue to be you, okay? Because I love the way you play. I, I, I love your persona, what you bring to the table to this league. Just keep on being you, buddy. I will. Thanks, man. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Josh Hosang joining us from the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp right here on TSN 1050. Love that combo. He's frank. He's honest. He's up front. He's not afraid. Isn't that what you want to hear? Like a guy, like that was a hockey player speaking like a human being. I learned more in that interview with Josh than I learned over the course of a full season with most players. He paints, finds a therapeutic, thinks it'd be hilarious to beat the, like, Good stuff there. No? Keith, you wanted to jump in? You look like you're eager. Yeah, well, no, you I just I couldn't agree more. I mean, how often do we hear a player from Toronto say that he wants to beat the Leafs? Yeah. I think that's one that of, that's got to be the first time I've heard that. It would, yeah, we gotta we we gotta play that clip. That it'd be hilarious to be like he's willing to break his his family, his dad's own hearts. Like, but that's savage. A, that's the competitiveness you want to hear. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. And if they lose to the to the Maple Leafs, that's not the reason why they lost. Like that's the whole thing. People made a big deal about him changing taking number sixty six. Really, really in the NBA, how many players were twenty three? And it's not just even the best players. Like, in any sport, it's just a number, people. If the number was retired, I get it. But you're almost paying homage to the greatness of a former player that you like. Like, listen, like, sleeping through your alarm, like, he's a young guy. He's made his mistakes. But at the same time, just because he's a little different than most of them doesn't mean that he's a bad dude. Great conversation with Josh Hosang. Appreciate him checking into the program. I believe we have Tommy Wilson. 
the Washington Capitals joining me later this week from BioSteel as uh, we'll continue to bring you interviews like that all week long. Good stuff right there. Sound Wars coming up next. Laura Armstrong on the growing popularity of Toronto FC and WTF. All still to come. It's your boy Wheels with you till 1 o'clock. This is TSN 1050 in Toronto. It's time for a Final Four battle in TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Oh, what a hit that was! This is the worst one for sure. It's 12:26. Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto today. The best sound bites are down to the final four, and you get to decide which one survives this TSN 1050 Sound War. Brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new lighter up light logger. It's on air moment scene number one versus scene number seven. On air moment number one, Overdrive reacting to Odog getting caught with a hot mic on TSN's trade deadline coverage. We want to get Brent's feedback. He covers the Senators on a regular day on the Curtis Lazar trade to Calgary. Brent. Is there ketchup on that? <laughs> oh my God, that's like so <laughs> the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Is there, is there ketchup on what? I missed that. Okay. Is there ketchup on that? Here's on-air moment number seven, which I have something to say about this, by the way, once it's played. It's Brian Hayes as a reaction of all reactions to the Leafs winning the draft lottery. The first pick goes to the Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. The Leafs. They did it, Taylor. That sail bike came from like two Aprils ago. That was like a year and a half ago. What's the time? Aren't these audio, like, aren't these sound bites, like, time-stamped? I remember when they least won the draft lottery. I was on my honeymoon, and it feels like I'd be married for a decade. I don't think that that one should be in here, but hey, that's me. But I was told not to complain because I didn't submit my suggestions. They did it, Naylor! Yeah. It's a good one. I'm not, you know, arguing with the quality. It was a classic reaction that will live for the ages. Just timing matters. Timing counts, no? I say vote for the catch-up, people. Vote for the catch-up. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite on-air moment. Seed number one, is there catch-up on that? Which should win. Or seed number seven, they did it, Naylor! Voting for this Final Four battle closes tomorrow at 8 a.m. Sound Wars on TSN 1050 is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Lager at Select Loblaws Grocery Store. They did it, Naylor! Are you with me? Like, what's the time span on this? It's craziness. Keep on weighing in which Toronto team has the best away support. Is it the Blue Jays, TFC, Maple Leafs, or Raptors at TSN on Twitter? You can get at me. The text is 105050. Email live at tsn1050.ca. Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today. A big weekend in Chicago on the field. And I'm not talking about the Blue Jays being swept. The the story was off the field with the Blue Jays, quite frankly. The fans turning up at Wrigley. I wonder how many of those people at Wrigley went more southwest in Chicago to Toyota Park to check out Toronto FC and the Chicago Fire. It was a sold-out game at Toyota Park. The Fire, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, previously undefeated at home. 10-1, 10-1, the best home team in MLS, taking on Toronto FC, obviously the best team in MLS, top the table. 
Now, there was a strong contingent of Toronto FC fans. And if you're watching on television like me, they were making all the noise. You heard all the chants coming right through the television set. It was unreal. Hundreds of them. And when Sebastian Yovinko scored the goal in the 90th minute to make it 3-1, the fan reaction was priceless. And one guy, tarp off, jumping down, basically right at Sebastian Yovinko's face, just going mental. And the security guy didn't even know what to do. They just let him kind of celebrate with Seba. Just an unreal scene, an unreal performance by Toronto FC fans and the team alike. So everything continues to move in the right direction. The question is, how much of an imprint is this leaving on the Toronto sports scene? Laura Armstrong does fine work from the Toronto Star, uh, covering both Toronto FC and the Toronto Blue Jays. Check out her piece her most recent piece, Murphy Malone. I've, I've got to know the Malone family very well over the last little bit. They travel around the United States. They live in kind of the New England area. Uh, they live in Connecticut. And they travel around and follow TFC. Murphy Malone is the Toronto FC super fan. And the young man has dealt with so much in terms of health issues and is still trying to live out his own dream playing career on the field as well. It's quite an inspirational story. Go to thestar.com. Follow her on Twitter, at Laura Army, to read that story. Really enjoyed that piece, Laura. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Murphy sort of speaks for himself. I didn't have to do a whole lot of work. That kid is quite amazing, and his family around him, too. It's, it's just a lovely story. It's crazy that, that Toronto FC, they have this super fan who doesn't even live in Toronto. I know. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's adorable because his his reasoning behind following this club in the first place is just so simplistic and so normal in that his team wore red and TFC wore red and they were the same color. So this is why he's going to love TFC. And I just, I love that part of the story because it's just such a, he must've been maybe seven at the time when he made that decision. It's very sort of childlike, lovely, lovely reasoning. And he uses the team as inspiration and the team uses him as inspiration as well. Oh yeah. I was there uh, on Thursday. He was at camp and the camp was sort of on the other side of the training ground. And we walked Murphy through uh, the club, uh, the locker room sort of as he was, uh, they were coming in from practice and all of the guys stopped to say hello. Like this guy is a really big deal. And like I was walking out and Steven Betashore was on his way to go visit him at camp. These guys love Murphy and everything that he's been through they just they support him so wholeheartedly it's really at a human level it's a really lovely thing to see uh you can read that story at the star.com go to at laura army on twitter uh she's posted the story about murphy malone an inspirational story for all sports fans out there i wanted to have you on laura because what's interesting we all know that toronto fc is playing so well they're the top team in mls but what kind of impact is it having and you're someone that covers multiple sports and you work within a sports department for toronto's largest newspaper has the focus or the emphasis changed where the paper and your readers want more toronto fc coverage based upon how well the team's been performing uh, you know, I, I think that certainly over the last three years, since they sort of started this resurgence into becoming the team that Toronto FC is today, that we have seen an increase in readers and an increase in people paying attention. Um, I do think that you're looking at, I, you know, to the point where I was hired in 2016 on a full-time ba- or 2015 on a full-time basis to cover this team um, because soccer has become that big of a sport with TFC leading the way in the city and, and has the potential to be 
huge because we all know Toronto is an international city. Soccer is an international sport. There's certainly uh, there's certainly room for this team to grow. That being said, I don't think that TFC, the way that they're playing, are getting anywhere near the same sort of attention that the likes of, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Toronto Maple Leafs, even the Raptors, like all three of those teams would be getting if we had they were having such a season, which looks to be an MLS record season um, in any of those other sports. I do think that it's growing. I mean, you see that TV ratings are, are growing. There's always sellouts at BMO Field. And to a point, Toronto FC has to sort of gain back a little bit of the, 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 the trust that they had at the beginning of this franchise. They haven't been good for so long, and being good plays into how many people are paying attention. So even though you're seeing Toronto FC have this fantastic season, you're also looking at a team that really has, has, has come come up very quickly this rise that they've had is sort of meteoric and you need to give people time to catch up to that okay so it might take some more time but do you feel like there's an appetite for it and where's that appetite coming from is it coming from the hardcore toronto fc supporters or do you feel like more people are coming to this team being converted into soccer fans because of the success because of the atmosphere because of the vibe around the club yeah, definitely. And I think I think personally that really, truly started last year in the Eastern Conference Finals with that huge game against Montreal. I think that the game in Montreal that TFC lost 3-2 and had those came back and got the two away goals, which is huge, sort of brought people on board and people started to tune in. And then when you have this crazy overtime victory that ends with BMO Field literally shaking because of the excitement, you, you, you draw people in. And I remember that night on social media, like the number of people that were contacting me, the number of people that were contacting the players and saying, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, I think that was really what sort of set, set the tone for what this season could be. And Toronto FC has not, not let, da- let anybody down in that sense. They've, they've come out and they've just stormed through this season so far. I think that what the club should be aspiring to is getting more people through the door. And it, that, that's difficult to an extent because they do have a really, really serious uh, season ticket following. So, so it's harder. But once you get into BMO Field, I think that anybody who considers themselves a sports fan will want to go back to that place because of the atmosphere. It's better than anything in the whole city, in my opinion. And I think that... Uh, as long as TFC is, is, is doing well, they'll get more and more people through the door. They're lucky that they have this very solid base and have had this very solid fan base for 10 years. You don't want to alienate those people, but you definitely want to be bringing new people into that stadium because I think that once you bring somebody into that stadium, they will definitely be hooked. Laura Armstrong of the Toronto Star joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels at Laura Army on Twitter. Who do you think those fans are? And I've had this debate many times. Do you think TFC needs to convert people that aren't interested in in soccer and bring them to Toronto FC? Or do you believe there's enough soccer fans around the city that either follow the Premier League or the Bundesliga or La Liga or or, or whatever league around the world? Do you just need to bring those soccer fans to MLS? Which one do you think that's more of the case of? It's such a hard debate because you look at, at, at people who support those leagues around the world and while MLS has become a very quality league. It's, it's certainly one of the top 10 leagues in the world, in my opinion. It, I don't necessarily think that across the board you have the same quality um, that 
TFC has, uh, that, you know, EPL or the Bundesliga or La Liga has just yet. Um, so I think that it's sort of a hard sell sometimes for those diehard fans because they're looking at it thinking we don't get the same quality. But at the same time, I always turn around and say, well, do you want to pay however much money to go across overseas to try and um, catch an atmosphere? Because TFC's atmosphere is very similar to the atmospheres in um, in Europe. So what I would say is I think that your best bet as Toronto FC is, is to sort of bring those markets, um, those local markets, those local soccer people, and, and try and get them on board. Right. I think it's also really important to go with children. You know, there's a lot of young up-and-coming soccer players in the city who I think you want to try and work with local clubs to bring those kids in because then you're, you're, you're investing in these fans. These fans are going to be fans for decades, maybe. Um, and I think that if they see that they have a local team that they can support, then maybe they'll do away with supporting an EPL team that's, that seems so far away compared to Toronto FC. Right. It, it, when you're at BMO Field, Laura, it seems like it is a younger fan base, but you've also covered the Blue Jays this year as well. What differences do you see? Um, I think that uh, TFC's fan base, I will give them credit, and you, you, I will give Jays credit that I think that the fan base of Jays has surprised me this season. I thought that more people would have dropped off after their sort of miserable start to the year. They still managed to get a, a good a number of crowds. They're, they're selling out fairly regularly. They still have one of the best attendances in Major League Baseball. Um, but TFC, that was never even a question for me. Um, I always knew that people were going to show up. You were never going to see sort of a half-empty BMO field. Um, so that that dedication where I think I, I wasn't sure about it in terms of Jays, I was always sure about it in terms of TFC. Then uh, dynamic in terms of sort of like gender, age, that kind of thing, they're fairly similar. I think that sporting events have sort of become an it thing to do in Toronto over the past couple of years. Uh, I think... Toronto FC is sort of benefiting from the Jays' success in that sense, that people are looking at Toronto FC and thinking, oh, we had a great time at Jays over the past couple of years. Maybe we'll go to TFC. The only thing is that if you look at the ticket prices for TFC recently, they've been quite expensive. If you're trying to buy a ticket on right. StubHub, that's not cheap. And, and where you can look at Jays and say, oh, I'm going to pay $17 and go sit in the 500s, like that doesn't exist at Toronto FC, which I think is going to be a little bit of a barrier for for that club, not everybody's going to want to pay $50 per seat for a team that they don't really know anything about. Right, and unless they win. And, and, and that's where we're going here, right? You kind of mentioned it. This could be an historic season for Toronto FC, not in terms of, not of only in terms of the club, but in terms of the history of MLS, which may or may not mean anything to supporters. Like I think most people in the city just started consuming MLS when Toronto FC came into the fold 10, 11 years ago. But with, with that being said, they're pushing on to the supporters' shield, which means winning the league. It's kind of like the president's trophy in hockey. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how much that would mean for the fan base, but most certainly an MLS Cup would. What do you think that would do? What do you think that would mean for this city winning an MLS Cup and Toronto FC bringing a championship to this city? I think that would be huge. And what I think that, that you know Toronto FC really wants to do, you know that they want to win the Supporters' Shield. That's been um, a goal of theirs all, se- all season long. Um, I think that what Toronto C would really benefit from is winning that supporter shield, lifting that trophy, having everybody in Toronto see, oh, this team has already lifted a trophy. This is the team to beat based on this like large piece of silverware that you see 
and that will, you know, be on the fronts of newspapers because, you know, ultimately when TFC wins a Sport of Shield, that's what you'd expect or online or TVs or whatever, highlight shows. Um, and, and that's when people will sort of get into this team and say, oh, the playoffs are coming and, and we have a chance to sort of jump on this bandwagon. It's a very obvious starting point where you can say, yeah, today's the day that I become a TFC fan. And if TFC fans are able to, to, if TFC is able to take fans on that ride to another MLS Cup final, and especially if they're able to win it, then I think that next year you'll have back-to-back years where you've had people jump on the bandwagon. And if you're jumping on a bandwagon two years in a row, which is something that I think you're seeing with Jays right now, um, then people are more apt to become sort of lifelong fans rather than just being occasional, occasional supporters. Let's end on this. If I was to to let you make one bet today, I'd give you Toronto FC to win MLS Cup or the field. Which bet are you taking? Toronto FC to win MLS Cup, of course. Yeah, yeah. Are, are they are they head and heels better than everyone else in the league in your opinion right now? Yeah, I mean that Chicago game. Everybody says that this team is you know the second third best team in the league or whatever, and like it could have been eight one in my opinion. So right. I think that they sort of mopped the floor with them and Chicago was lucky to get out that unscathed. Good stuff, Laura. Really appreciate you taking some time. I guess you're trying to wrap up TFC practice before the eclipse. Correct? Yes, exactly. Before I get blinded. Take cover, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gareth. Laura Armstrong from the Toronto Star. Give her a follow on Twitter, at Laura Army, not only covering TFC, but the Blue Jays as well. A proper perspective of where this team is at. And I think she laid out the framework pretty well about the fans they have, the fans they need to go after, what they need to do to take that next step. Um, It's a real interesting time. Television ratings are up. Games are sold out. Sponsorships all working for TFC. It's about taking that next level. They might not, ne- might not ever have the, t- have the television audience that some other sports have. Like, soccer viewership's fragmented. They won't be like the Blue Jays. They won't be like the Raptors have a national audience. Vancouver is the Whitecaps. Montreal is the Impact. Like, it's, it's, it's a difficult sell that way. But that doesn't mean it's not a property worth consuming, following, being all over. And I think there's a, there's a massive appetite for more content. Here in Toronto, whether it be on radio shows like this, we are a Toronto FC podcast each and every weekend right here on TSN 1050. Online, there's more than enough people to follow. I provide content online covering the team as well. It's just, I I think that the appetite is there. And TFC fans grew accustomed year after year to creating their own content, to creating their own narratives, to creating their own discussion, not relying on the media. Because in my opinion, for years, we didn't do a good enough job. And now we're kind of playing catch-up, and the team is red-hot right now, both on the field and off. Uh, We'll bring you the results of our poll questions. Which Toronto sports team has the best away support, the best traveling fans? And WTF, Mitch Marner has a new tattoo. Remember when they were calling Aaron Judge, what was it, the next, like, Babe Ruth? Well, his statistics going downhill quickly. I'll tell you what. His statistics have looked like as of late as part of our WTF that's coming up next. Wheels with you. This is TSN 1050. Here comes the sunshine. Here comes the shine. La, 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 la. Here comes the sunshine. Here comes the shine. La, 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 la. Last thing about this eclipse. I'm good with 
the sun as is. The sun brings us light. It brings us heat. Screw you, Eclipse. I dig my sun just as is. By the way, I suggest a day on this program where we play all 90s dance music. Just all stuff like this. Nice work, Keith Bauer. Wheels with you, final segment of the program. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. It's now time for this. What the? They defeat the Toronto Blue Jays 19 to 1. Oh, that's nasty. You come to the rink to see something maybe you've never seen before. And that might be one of those moments. It's only two dudes better than me. And I'm both of them. Stay off the weed. W-P-F. Remember the All-Star game way back in July in Major League Baseball? Aaron Judge was a star. It was Aaron Judge this, Aaron Judge that, yada, 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 yada. Everyone was hyping this guy. Like, Alex Rodriguez was saying he could be the LeBron James of baseball. Come on, man. It was half the year. We saw Michael Saunders be an all-star for half the year last year with the Blue Jays. Just it was out of control. Aaron Judge has now struck out in 37 straight games. 37 straight games. Matching the MLB all-time record set by Expo's pitcher. Yeah, a pitcher in Bill Stoneman. Ah, not good. Show some discipline at the plate. Maybe then we can start comparing you to some of the all-time greats. Does he have power? Yes. Is he very watchable? Yes. But like the LeBron James of baseball, please. No chance, Lance. Um, Stoke City upset Arsenal on the weekend in the Premier League. 1-0 was the final. And there comes out the Wenger out parade. Arsene Wenger, obviously the much maligned, longtime manager of Arsenal Football Club. Um, Jordan, living in Stoke, tweeted Stoke at policing Stoke on Twitter where the game was being played and said that he would like to report a robbery. Stoke Police, they responded at Policing Stoke, said, saying this, Apologies for the delay in replying. We've been busy looking for a missing person named Ozil. Have you seen him? Hashtag banter. Mesut Ozil is one of the top players on Arsenal. He was a no-show for that game against Stoke. Good banter? Like, should the police be doing that? Are you okay with that? Yeah? Again, getting thumbs, thumbs up behind the glass. Uh, Mitch Marner got a new tattoo. Did you see this tattoo? One, is he old enough to get a tattoo? Because he looks like he's a kid. But his new look features either, uh, reportedly features either Neptune, the Roman god of fresh water and the sea, or Poseidon, Neptune's Greek counterpart. Do you know which one it is? Did you guys see this tattoo, Keith, Joe? Yeah, it looks brutal. Like, would you get a Greek god as your tattoo? No, I named my dog after uh, God. His name is Apollo. It's just such an odd tattoo, right? Like, and I think especially for a second-year player, maybe wait until you've done a little more in the NHL before proclaiming yourself to be a Greek god. A tattoo is is a tattoo. I don't know if he's proclaiming. Maybe just likes that god, but this will take some explaining. It's just very random. At least he didn't get like in the lower back, the small of the back. The bullseye? Yeah, that would be awkward. Um, Floyd Mayweather 
posted on Instagram. The boxer says that he's inviting fans to join him at at a Las Vegas strip club called Girl Collection, where he'll be, quote, parting the entire week before Saturday's fight against Conor McGregor. All the way through to next Monday. That is a bender, and that is yet another reason why you shouldn't buy this fight whatsoever. USA Today is reporting the Secret Service has spent almost $60,000, $60,000 on golf cart rentals this year to protect, to protect Donald Trump. That's a lot of golf carts. He talks about wastes of money. That is crazy. Jack Regine, the center fielder from Pennsylvania. Did you see this Little League World Series catch with the center fielder? Robbed a Chinese Taipei batter, went over the wall. Like, I say Major League Baseball should make all walls lower so we can see more catches like that. Those were today's WTS. Wow, that's messed up. I have way more. We'll, we'll save some more for tomorrow's program. Final poll results on the best away support uh, in, uh, for Toronto teams across the board. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 39%. Blue Jays, 35 TFC, 22 And the Raptors with four. Upwards of 800 votes for the last two hours. Nice work, Toronto. That's all the time for me. We'll be back tomorrow. On behalf of Narsa, Bauer behind the glass, I'm Wheels. Enjoy the eclipse, Toronto.